The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. All right, welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast, season three premiere. It's finally here. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, we're back in the saddle. It's 2019, man. It's been forever. It's the middle of July right now. Media days are going on across college football. You are in Hoover, Alabama at SEC Media Days, so why not? Why not start up the Punt and Pass podcast, Season 3, 2019 premiere, right now. It's been so long. How are you doing, my man? And we're on YouTube also, so we got video yeah, mixing going up. on. We're trying to step it up, you know? We're you try to get better. You go back, reevaluate. What do we need to do better? What, do we, what are we doing well? And I was like, Drew, let's get on YouTube, man. Let's have some Love fun, it. mix up a little bit. Yeah, we're it's talking season, buddy. We're up in here in uh, Hoover... I wish it was in Atlanta. I know. It's a little different. But good news is it'll be in Atlanta next year, then Nashville the next year for SEC Media Day. But it's a whirlwind. And then right now we're getting ready. I think Alabama shows up in about an hour. So this this hotel Sweet. is about to just go berserk. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to move around at all. <laughs> uh, when Nick Saban comes walking through and two keep, comes walking through. So it's it's been a lot of fun, a lot of good stuff the first couple of days. we got two more days left. And it's a grind, though. I mean, you just go. I feel like I'm a player just going from Radio Row to TV stuff to Sirius XM with the interviews. Yeah. And I got a little pun pass in the middle of there it. You go. So, so it's it's fun, man. A lot of good stuff going on right now. A lot of positives. Of course, we're middle of summer right now. No doubt. No one has too much negative stuff to say. But, but it's, uh, it's a good start to the season. I think it's kind of the point where people start feeling like football is finally here. It's right around the corner. And, and you start getting a little excited as, as fans are just showing up at the hotel and autographs, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Football is finally here. I'm watching SEC Network on my TV in my office right now. I got Ivan Mazel, Peter Burns, the whole crew from SEC Network, and we're going to dive right in. We're going to get everybody up to speed on what to expect in 2019. We'll talk predictions. We'll talk top 10. We'll talk college football playoff, Heisman Trophy, all that good stuff. And we have a really special guest to kick off our Season 3 2019 premiere. Probably the biggest guest we've ever had. That's a surprise 
for later on in the show for sure. But before we get into the football stuff, dude, it's been so long. We couldn't even do a wrap-up show after the season because you played for the Atlanta Legends and the Alliance of American Football. Since that time, I turned... What league is that? (laughs) I need to ask you about (laughs) that. that. I turned 30 years old. You got married. You bought a house. I mean, there's so much going on on the personal side. I know people might be bored when we talk about that, but we have to get everybody up to speed. So much has been going on. I need two minutes of what the experience in the Alliance of the American Football League was like. Tell me, please. It was the most entertaining. We were at dinner last night with Zucker and Brian Jones, and they were asking me about that. I was like, dude, we had had two two head coaches. We had five offensive coordinators, two of our offensive coordinators, and one of our head coaches walked out without even telling us that he was leaving. Just (laughs) – I mean literally – Coach Childress, four days in, he, he calls our GM. We, we we jump on a bus to go to practice in the morning. Says, oh, I'm sick. I'm not going to make practice today. Get back to the hotel. He's gone. As soon as he was looking out his window, as soon as he saw the bus take off, he packed his stuff, went to the airport, and flew back to home. Uh, he he just, said, just no disappeared. thanks. said, no more. I don't, I don't even want to tell the team. you know. And then that that hurt me because he he's the one who recruited me. He called me and said, hey, listen. You know, you and I are in Kansas City together. You know this offense. Uh, It's you and me. Let's go have some fun. This is going to be a great league, all this good stuff. And, you know, he walks out four days into the season. So that was interesting. And then another OC showed up. He was there for two days, changed about half our plays, and then said, oh, no, never mind. I'm out of this, too. He walked away. QB coach becomes OC. This QB coach has never coached before. We just literally picked him up on the side of the road because we need a QB coach. Uh, I think I would be more qualified than he was. <laughs> and he leaves after three games. And it just, I mean, it was, it, it, but the whole league wasn't like this. It was just this, somehow the Atlanta team just had all these issues with, with coaches and craziness. And that's probably why we weren't very good, but it was, uh, it was interesting to say the least. It was fun. I thought the competition was good. I mean, really, really good players in the league. And you see a bunch of them got picked up by NFL squads and yeah. going to try to make the team and, in fall camp for the NFL. So it's thought it was good. And, and shoot, you said, I got, I got married and it was funny. We're about to go on our honeymoon and I get a, a text message from the XFL. Oh, the okay. Here we go. He said, Hey, Aaron, I just want to see if you'd be interested. I know you're from Tampa. You want to come down and play a little bit more ball. I talked to coach Rick about you. I talked to Kansen Peasy, who is my OC, my last OC yeah. for this new league. And I showed Sharon, we're about to jump on a flight to Greece. I showed Sharon the text message and she just like put my phone on airplane mode. It's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, on. so no we're, more. We're gonna f- the beach. I don't want to talk about football. I don't want to think about you getting your, your ass handed to you, any of that stuff. So just like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this another time. So we'll, 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 we'll see. I don't know. I feel kind of, my body actually is, it's taken about two months to recover. Yeah. So I don't know if I myself through that again and your golf game's gotten better too so can you break news and say that you're probably done playing football as a married man and and now back in the atlanta area an official member of the media i will see oh okay all right we will see i get antsy in the spring you know football season's over with i'm kind of just chilling i'm like you know why not why not go play for three months i don't know sharon's (laughs) doubt it there's no chance you're married now let's check with sharon first absolutely she has me 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, hey, that's a little bit of breaking news starting off the the season, the third season of Punt and Pass. But let's dive in to some college football talk. You've been at SEC Media Days for the past two days. Florida was there on Monday. Georgia was there on Tuesday. Today, as you mentioned, Alabama. And then it probably rounds out with Auburn tomorrow, I'm guessing. But other teams are there, too. I believe three teams per day. Texas A&M has been there. LSU's been there. Florida's been there. So you've gotten a lot of big-time news and updates and met with some key players from each of those teams as they roll through Hoover and, like you said, get talking season underway. I'm expecting more juicy headlines to come up over these next two days for media days. If you remember last year, you yourself were quite the part of conversation, the topic of conversation, after just simply questioning how successful Jeremy Pruitt would be as the head coach, the newly minted head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. They went five and seven last year. I know. I think you talked to him yesterday. So oh, what was that like talking to Coach good. Pruitt? It was good. They were lucky for me. We were in the middle of a segment when he walked into the room, so he just had to throw the headset on and get rolling. So it was, it was fine, and we actually stood. He stayed around afterwards, and him and I were, you know, just chatting up actually about Coach Bobo because you know he has a good relationship, relationship sure. with Coach. Uh, so we talked about him for a while, but no, it was fine. And he, listen, even going back to my playing days, and, and probably the same with you, if you got mad and disappointed or upset or whatever it may be with a, with a member of the media. I mean, it would be every single day. You'd be fighting that. battle. Yeah, I'm sure he was fighting that battle. I mean, he, he, listen, they're going to say whatever they want to say. You know, I go out there and throw three picks. I'm sure every, every person, you know, every beat writer saying, Aaron, is it time to bench Aaron Murray? Is it time to put in the backup and what's going on? And uh, listen, uh, every Monday or Tuesday, whenever we had media days, I'm still going to go talk to those dudes and be respectful and do my job. And, and that's, it's part of his job too, to, you know, take the punches and keep rolling. So I wasn't expecting him to show up and, you know, ignore me and not answer my questions or anything like that. And it was fine. He's like I said, he's a pro and, and it was a good conversation. And, and honestly, they're one of my two kind of surprise teams this year in the STC. I think they could, I think they could have a big jump forward. I, I think with Garantano at quarterback, I really like what he did last year. They got some great skill position players, the receivers, the running backs, Obviously, the big question mark is the offensive line, but they got Will Friend as the offensive line coach. So yeah. I like the coaching staff that he's put together, probably one of the best coaching staffs in all the SEC. So I think that's going to help get that team rolling a little bit. So I, I don't see them as a as a 10-win team or not even a 9-win team, but I can see them jump up to 7, 8 wins, get to a bowl game, maybe then get that ninth win in the bowl game. So I think that's a big, big step forward for Tennessee. I think so too. Uh, and, you know, Tennessee – was a hot topic last year. They were pretty non-competitive in some games, and then they would flash and be competitive in others. Remember, they almost lost to, I forget who the one double a team was at home they couldn't even score a touchdown but then they turn around and played georgia tough they played south carolina tough so they flashed in the first year i'm looking forward to seeing how they compete on a weekly basis in 2019 and reading phil Steele's college football 2019 preview they popped up as the seventh most improved team on phil Steele's radar in all the nation i'll ask you about these other teams as well his first most improved team in the nation is Nebraska, which I think you might agree with because I of how many agree. injuries they had last year. His third most improved team is Florida State, 
which I don't know if I agree with. And then his fourth most improved team is Virginia Tech. So kind of going all around the nation, picking out some of the teams that did not have good 2019s. But you said it time and time again a year ago. Nebraska got the short end of the stick last year. They were playing a, I think, redshirt freshman quarterback. Mm -hmm. Scott Frost's first year. Tons of injuries on both sides of the ball. We know what Scott Frost can do as far as a turnaround goes. Maybe Nebraska can buck its head in the Big Ten. I think they can. I think Nebraska definitely has a chance. I mean, you look at Scott Frost and what he's done and, and what kind of coach he is. In year two, Adrian Martinez is the quarterback. I like him a lot and his ability to throw and run, and especially in that type of offense. You should go back to UCF and, and the ability of a quarterback to kind of move around, make plays, be creative. I think that's what Scott Frost wants to see from his guy back there. So, And it's year two in the system. Yeah, I think he did a great job last year of, of just changing the culture. I yeah. think that's the biggest thing. You look at Nebraska, even compared to maybe FSU, where they didn't go in there in FSU and try to change the culture year one. I think Nebraska, Scott Frost said, hey, if you don't want to buy in, get out. And yeah. you saw players leaving. You saw players get kicked off. I mean, it's it's this is my way or the highway kind of thing. And you got to love that as head coach because guys are going to buy in. Why wouldn't you buy in? I mean, he's the hottest coach in all of college football last year or two years ago and then heading into kind of his free agency of guys trying to recruit him to come be their, their new head coach. You're going to buy in. If Scott Frost says, go do this, you're going to go do it. And if you don't, you're gone. So that, that, that the, the feeling in that, in that locker room right now is one of trust for him and his coaching staff. I think guys will run through a wall for him. I mean, I remember even talking to him when I covered a couple of UCF games a couple of years ago, I was like, dude, this guy is awesome. I mean, just even <laughs> talking to him for 15 minutes, I was like, I would love to play for this guy. I'd love for him to be my head coach. I'm sure it's the same feeling for everyone in that locker room. So I, I look for Nebraska have a big year. And in FSU, I can see FSU as well, just because they were the same thing. They were banged up last year, especially the offensive line. I mean, it, their team in Florida, they're going to have talent. They're going to have skill position. But if you don't have an offensive line to, to block for you, you and I know you can't do anything offensively. I don't care who your quarterback is. I don't care yeah. who your running back is. So if they can find some consistency, if they can stay healthy in the ACC, which we know is not a very strong conference right now, you got a, you know, two or three really good teams. And I don't even say really good. You got Clemson who's really damn yeah. good. And then there's a couple teams that are, you know, decent that could win against Clemson if they played an A game and Clemson played a C game. So that's a conference where you can rebuild pretty fast and get to, eight, nine, 10 wins just because you're not going to be playing elite talent each and every week. And, and like I said, you know, FSU has the talent. They just got to stay healthy. You're totally right. And you just mentioned ACC not exactly being the toughest conference heading into 2019. Phil Steele has them as their fourth toughest conference in all of college football. His first, I don't think it's any surprise is the SEC. Second is Big Ten, followed by the Pac-12 at three, and then the ACC at four. Aaron, is this the year? where I actually admit that Michigan could make it to the playoff? Because I was totally against it a year ago, and I proved to be right. Even though they had a great regular season, Urban Meyer no longer at Ohio State. Shea Patterson back as quarterback at Michigan. They got a ton of returning starters on defense and offense. I just don't know if Jim Harbaugh can get over the hump. To me, it seems like, however, the Big Ten might just be ripe for their taking. It was ripe. I mean, look at Ohio State last year. It was somewhat ripe. I mean, Ohio State was not... Even though they they what ended up fifth in the country at the end of the season before the playoffs, I mean, they were good. They should have lost two or three games in the regular season. So that was kind of ripe for Michigan with what they had on that roster to go out there and, and finally beat Ohio State 
and have a chance to play in the college football playoffs. And, and they, they just didn't take advantage of it. And not only did they lose, they got smacked. They got, they got kick, beat yeah. down. So it just you don't know. I mean, can they get the monkey off their back? I think a big thing is going to be, you know, it, how good can Justin Fields be for Ohio State? You know, at the end of the day, I mean, how good is he going to be? The, the five-star you know, number one recruit in the country, went to Georgia, couldn't beat out from, but, you know, we know no five-star quarterback can beat out from. So that's not a big deal. You know, you move on and we'll see what he can do. So if he can get going, because we know Ohio State's going to also have skill, they're going to have talent. For sure. Um, I mean, that's going to be the big game. Michigan should roll it. And, and then this is a matter of fact of when, when they play Ohio State, can they just finally get over that hump and push through because it's been a while since they've been able to win that football game yeah it has been a long time um you know i just again i don't know i i have no idea but it seems like i'm leaning towards actually admitting that michigan could get over the hump beat ohio state playing the big 10 championship with a chance to go to the college football playoff admittedly i don't know this i haven't done too much research on ohio state yet has Justin Fields been named the starting quarterback, or is he just going to be have the best chance to be the starting quarterback? I think he's the best chance yeah. to be it right now from all reports. I think everything's leaning towards him, and I would too, just the fact of his just physical gifts, his ability to run the football. I think he's a gamer. I, I really do. I think you put him in the game, and when someone has to tackle him, I mean, he's 6'3", 225, can run. We, the rocket arm, we saw it all last season yeah. when he would come in. He has the tools. I just think he needs the confidence to go out there and now go do it, which I think he does. And, and and going back to the conference rankings, it's, I mean, it's amazing when it, just being here. Maybe because I'm at SEC Media Day, so you're you're talking to all these teams, you're For feeling sure. the excitement. But this is a deep SEC this year. Very I mean, much you got so. you got Alabama, obviously. You got Georgia at the top. Those are the the top two tier, the the, the first tier. I mean, LSU is going to be pretty darn good. Yeah, they will. Florida's pretty dang good. Um, I mean, Mississippi State should have a better year this year if they can figure out the quarterback position. I think Auburn's a good team. If they can get their quarterback position figured out, I think Auburn's really, really tough. They got some good skill. The offensive line, defensive line is pretty good. So they're a good football team. Tell me I about this Tennessee's team. going to be better than Missouri. Yeah, I like Missouri That's what I was going to ask. You know, I, I was listening you, to look you. Look at Missouri's schedule. Yeah, I was listening to you and Cole Kubelik yesterday on SEC radio on Sirius XM, and Cole brought up a great point. Cole's like, look, they've shored up the quarterback position, which is obviously Kelly Bryant, the yes. grad transfer from Clemson, and their offensive line is stacked. I mean, that's what Missouri's really been known for since they've been in the SEC is a great offensive line that allows the passer to sit in the pocket and deliver it downfield with accuracy, just like Drew Locke did a year ago. Now you add Kelly Bryant into the mix. Yes, he's mobile. He's not mobile like a Kyler Murray type. But look, Missouri's going to have a chance to make some noise in the East, maybe get an upset here or there against Florida. Possibly. They have to play in Athens this year. So I don't know this if they'll have enough schedule, to though. beat Georgia. But listen to how they start the season off. I mean, at Wyoming, West Virginia, who West Virginia lost Will Greer, all those receivers. I mean, that's a rebuilding year. Wyoming, West Virginia, Southeast Missouri, South Carolina at home, bye week, Troy, then Mississippi at Vandy, at Kentucky. So you're looking at potentially being favored in one, two, their first eight games. And then you get a bye, and then you go to Georgia. And then you got you have Florida at home in November, and yeah. it's, it's this this is Florida kids going up to Missouri. It's going to be, be a little cold. cold. Yep. So, I mean, you really could see a Missouri team a and o heading into Georgia, confident Kelly Bryant could be rolling at the quarterback position. So, I think that's a team that can make some noise in the East. 
All right, I'm going to ask you about one guy, then we're going to bring our guests in here. It's Again, it's a, it's a huge guest, a huge guest for sure, so stick around for that. But when I was listening to you on radio, I'm pretty sure y'all also interviewed Steve Shaw, who's the SEC official – I don't even know what his title is – official of the officials. What, what yeah. does he do now? He used to be an on-field referee for SEC football, but now he sits in Birmingham at the league office and tells people what's right and what's wrong. You know I He's can't stand officials. referees, so tell no. me about Steve Shaw and what he was talking about. Well, I mean, it's all about mostly targeting still and, and okay. them just making sure things are 100% before they want to kick a kid out of the game because there's nothing worse, and you don't want a kid to be kicked out of a game. And we know how fast – Football is that's the issue. I mean, it, things happen fast. A, a receiver catch a football, he ducks all of a sudden, and, and you see your target as a as a safety or linebacker or whatever it is. And you're like, all right, I'm I'm angled up to hit him right in the chest, and all of a sudden he drops down and I hit him in the head. It's targeting. I'm kicked out of the game. So they're looking more closely about the entire play, what happened, just to make sure if they're going to throw a flag and and they're going to kick a kid out for the game or the rest of that half and then the next half of the next game that it's a hundred percent targeting. So it's just continue to improve that aspect because like I said, you, you don't want to, you don't want to take it away. These kids work way too hard in the off season in the summertime and fall camp to, you know, a split second decision, but you also want to make sure that they're uh, they are penalized. If it was a, a terrible uh, egregious penalty and, and you really did, put the crown of your helmet down and knock someone out. We don't, no one wants to see that anymore. I mean, yeah, I was, get it right. we go back to the AAF, you know, that was a fun part of the league. People liked it, but as a player, you're like, this is too much. Like you don't want to knock people out. That's not the point of this game. I mean, this is your job. This is your career and you're, you potentially can make money at the next level doing this. So be smart, keep your head up, and I think that's just kind of the, the message that he continues to say and say each and every year. Yeah, I mean, I agree with him in that regard, but when he's talking about being on social media and, and having transparency and trying to get it right, I think all fans want is consistency and correct calls from the officials. And look, I know that I'm super hard on officials when it comes to SEC football, when it comes to college football or sports in general, but get it right. They have a job to do just like the players do on the field. Show me some consistency. Other than that, I think this is all just lip service, but I can proudly be shown that I'm wrong. Hopefully Steve Shaw gets it right heading into the 2019 season with the officials. Now, officials i talk a lot about them our next guest talks a lot about everything so without further ado i am honored to bring in our first guest of the 2019 third season of punt and pass and aaron i I had the pleasure of meeting this gentleman about 10 years ago in new york city when i was up for a college football award Um, i met him a couple of years ago at the national championship game in atlanta when georgia played Alabama. Without further ado, here is our honored guest, President Donald Trump. Well, folks, here he is. I am completely honored to welcome in our esteemed guest that's kicking off the third season of Punt and Pass here in 2019. And like I mentioned, I had an opportunity to meet this gentleman 10 years ago in New York City. I was up for a college football award. This is way before I think thoughts of him becoming president were any real. And then a couple years ago, I also met him in his suite at the national championship game in Atlanta between Alabama and Georgia. I am honored 
President Trump, how are you doing, sir? Well, excuse me. Actually, I had been running for president for quite some time. So when I first saw you, I was probably already envisioning myself at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah, I could imagine so. I thought probably there was a great chance just based on how good of a guy you were now. I have a lot of friends who work in Washington. Great guy, great guy, by the way. We shouldn't forget that. Lots of people say that I'm a terrible racist, but it's not true. It's definitely not true. There's no chance. I met you, and you were a fantastic guy. And, uh, and I by have... the way, we should not be talking about my suite, okay? Because there's some crazy things that happen in that place. Yeah, Jeremy Epstein was not in the suite that day. I don't know. Th- th- okay, look. I don't know that guy. I don't know where people think that they think I know that guy, but believe me, that guy has nothing to do with me at all. No. At all. No, he Because you've been at parties with lots of bad people, and if they want to catch you on videotape with a bad guy, look, there's lots of bad people. I don't know the guy, okay? You don't know the guy. And what's crazy is I have a lot of friends who work in Washington, and, and everybody knows you're a big fan of Fox and Friends in the morning, but I had no idea you were a punt and pass listener to get your college football knowledge. Well, believe me, I have lots more knowledge than you think. I actually have Herschel Walker on speed dial. Look, I, 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 I had a lot of money that Aaron Murray won when that crappy football league that he was in folded, okay? <laughs> I was in a league that almost beat the NFL. And by the way, I could have bought the Buffalo Bills like six times over. They are a pathetic franchise, and their football stadium is falling apart at the seams. It's like LaGuardia Airport. It's terrible. It's that's a it's good absolute, point. It's awful. It's that, awful. You know, that's where I got injured. I tore my calf in Buffalo. So you have a great point there, President. That's uh, well, why do you think I live in Florida? Okay. Yeah, no taxes. And Mar-a-Lago is beautiful. I've been it's down also there before. not cold like Buffalo, which is a total dump. It is a total dump. You are completely correct. As you know, you've been watching and listening to Punt and Pass, and, and I'm sure you're you're t- sure. keeping tabs on SEC Network. It's media days right now. Sure. Nick Saban is on the uh, podium right now talking about Alabama's campaign coming up in 2019. What are your thoughts on someone like Nick Saban? Well, Saban, I mean, he's certainly won lots of games, but it seems like the refs love Alabama a little bit too much. Maybe a little bit unfair there with the refs. We all saw how the Georgia game worked out. Sorry, you guys. But the refs were totally fake news. Uh, We won Alabama by 35 points. Okay, so they like me in Alabama. Can't say too many bad things. Uh, But remember Jeff Sessions? He's from Alabama, and I think he even went there. So there's a lot of stupid people in Alabama. And, you know, I guess Gus Malzahn lives there, so there's not that many smart people, okay? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a great point, Mr. President. And you mentioned the Georgia game. I mean, national championship, you were there. Tyler Simmons seemed to be on sides. Kirby Smart would have won a national championship. He seems like he's on the brink. What do you think about Kirby Smart? He's a great guy, okay? I met him at the same game. He's very smart. He's very impressive. I wanted to name the guy our attorney, our attorney to the Nash, to the UN, uh, the ambassador, excuse me. But look, okay, some people didn't want him. Mike Pence didn't like him at all. I told Mike, we like winning, and he's done lots of winning in three years, just like us. Lots of winning, and believe me, there's going to be a lot more winning in the next five or six or seven or. 12 years. So I think there's a pretty bright future for both him and me as president. 
I would agree. And we could agree. be we could both be in power for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, that's that seems highly likely. And and you mentioned yes. winning. Somebody who's done lots of winning is Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. I mean, they whooped up on Alabama just a year ago to be national champions. He's kind of creepy, okay? He likes the Bible a little bit too much. I mean, I love the Bible. It's my favorite book, okay? But the guy's a creep. I wouldn't let Barron in a room with that guy for a little bit too long, just like Lindsey Graham. They seem a little, the Clemson thing, I don't know what the Clemson thing is, seems a little bit too creepy if you ask me. No, it is kind of creepy, and he also loves Alabama. I mean, people think that if Nick Saban were to step down, Alabama would throw the book at Dabo Sweeney. Speaking of coaches who move around a lot, I mean, Urban Meyer just a year ago, he's at Ohio State, now he's not, now he's on TV, but, but what's up with Urban Meyer? What are your thoughts on him? I have the heart attack, I have the heart attack, I have the migraine, I have the migraine. The guy's a total fraud, okay? He has more murderers on his football teams than MS-13, okay? And his own murderer murdered himself. How pathetic is that? I mean, this guy is scum. He's like the Vincente Fox of coaches. He literally should be in prison. <laughs> that's, that's a great point. I never thought about it in that regard. Um, and the He's person- a soy boy. He's a total soy boy. The guy's going to go to USC. Just you wait and see. He's going to go. They're going to give him lots of money. He's going to live in Beverly Hills. I mean, the guy is a soy boy. He's a total loser. And when he was at Florida, his offensive coordinator was Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen's now the head coach oh, at Florida. Oh, oh, oh. That guy, we like to call him Cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie, he's like the guy from the Vegas vacation movie, okay? Cousin Eddie, the guy is a total low-fat Low, excuse me, low-energy fat recent Floridian, just like uh, Jeb, Jeb, low-energy Jeb, and low-energy Dan, okay? Low-energy Dan could not recruit a, a burger to a fat kid, okay? This guy could not sell beer to a bum. He's a total loser, and he tries to attack Georgia. How does he attack Georgia? The guy has nothing but Jordan shoes and a big, fat, undeserved contract, Okay. That is so true, and lots has been talked about the transfer portal at Florida. I mean, what's going on down there? It's insane. They got more people in the transfer protocol than people trying to cross the border, okay? They have a big problem, and I don't know how to fix it because you can't build a wall around the transfer portal, okay, people? <laughs> no, you can't. It's a portal for a reason. No walls there. No, it's like it's such a vacuum of other players. If they had talent, which they don't, it would be vacuuming out all that talent to Florida, just like Georgia's recruiting classes year after year. Sonny Michelle, Florida guy, take him out of Florida. And then all the Florida guys that are there, they want to get the hell out of there. It's so true. I've, I, you know, you're, you make a great point. Just, I know you're a super busy guy, Mr. President. So so we got lots go. of things going on. Thank you. I really appreciated talking to you people. And maybe, maybe we'll talk in the future. We might, but hey, I'm watching SEC Network right now, and I got to get your thoughts on one more guy. Paul Feinbaum is on the television right now. Tell me about Paul Feinbaum, and then I'll let you go save the world. The guy is balder than eight, eight ball, okay? The guy has been on TV for like 65 years, and he's about as original as Sleepy Joe. I mean, his show is a bunch of people at Walmart, and they're the most vile, stupid people I've ever heard. I mean... If you want to sound stupid, you should just imitate those people for like two minutes, okay? 
And by the way, I know one of them had a tragic car accident. That's not my problem. But most of the people on that show are so bad and stupid, they should be locked up in cages, just like Elizabeth <laughs> Warren. All right. Hey, Mr. President, I, I cannot thank you enough for joining yeah. us on this season three premiere of the Punt and Pass podcast. I am honored, and I'm thinking that if this continues and you keep listening to Punt and Pass, we could have you on throughout the season. Believe me, you're on my podcast. I love you guys. Talk to you soon. And it's been a great conversation. Thank you. Absolutely, Mr. President. Have God a bless America. Week. God bless America, by the way. Yes, sir. God bless America, and I thank you very much. Have a successful week, and we'll talk soon. Sounds great. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. I mean, uh, what can I say, Aaron? I knew that President Trump was a college football fan. I knew he loved to watch Fox and Friends in the morning. I had no idea that he was a punt and pass listener to get us college football knowledge. He's a smart man. He knows where to go to get the best stuff. <laughs> no wonder he's so smart. He's you the know? smartest, as he'll tell yes. everybody. So thank you, President Trump, and thank you, Rob Mason, who is definitely the best Trump impersonator I think I've seen. And I'm talking Howard Stern show, late night television, Comedy Central. He is damn good, so appreciate him joining in, and I'm sure that might be a recurring segment throughout the third season of 2019, Punt and Pass. Uh, it's Wednesday morning right now, Aaron. I got SEC Network on my TV. It looks like Tua Tungavaloa just walked into your hotel. I think you're probably upstairs at that I could I could right hear the, the hotel shaking as he walked in. <laughs> there you go. The roars, the screaming, it kind of startled me for a second. I mean, it's, That's great. He's a rock star, man, and he should be. It is funny, though, I was listening this morning to those guys, and it's crazy. There's so much excitement about Tua last year. I'm not saying there isn't this year, but it, 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 I don't know. It feels to me that it has calmed down a little bit, though. Yeah. I mean, it was he was the guy, the Heisman. He was going to win the Heisman. They're going to win the national championship, and then all of a sudden he doesn't win the Heisman. They get blown out yeah. in the national championship game, and, and, and things are seen to calm down in the world of Tua. Maybe uh, – you know, we'll see. I, I think you look at the receivers, they're going to have a great offense line again. And they got running backs. They have a chip on their shoulder. Big time. Uh, chip. Nick Saban has a massive chip on his shoulder. So, you know, maybe he go out there and throw about 50, 50 plus touchdowns this year. I could see it happening. I mean, could you have any more of a false narrative? Well, I guess it's somewhat legitimate, but Alabama having a chip on their shoulder going for their sixth national title in 11 years. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Come on now. I mean, that is almost unfair, but it's because they got their asses kicked in the national championship game. They almost lost to Georgia in the SEC championship. And to be quite honest, that second half against Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl was not their best football, but they had built such a big lead. It really didn't matter at that point. But you mentioned Tua Tungabaloa and the Heisman Trophy. You have to tell me who you think your Heisman Trophy winner will be. And I know the season's going to start here in about a month and a week, but it seems like it's probably going to be around the southeastern area, whether it's Trevor Lawrence, yep. Tua Tungavailoa. I mean, if DeAndre Swift has a great year at Georgia, I don't know who's going to win. And then you go out west, Justin Herbert, who you were a big fan of a year ago before injuries set in. Up north, Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin. Shea Patterson, maybe? What do you think, Aaron? It's a, it's a quarterback running back award. I mean, I think you you, you got to start with obviously the quarterbacks in the southeast. I think yeah. Tua, and just because both of them, him and Trevor Lawrence, just have so much talent, especially in the SEC, to being more of a pass happy offense. So I, I think both those guys are going to be right up the front, just because 
they just have receivers that are too good and too talented that teams don't have enough depth at the DB position to match up with them. Plain and simple. I mean, you just don't have enough good DBs to match up with three or four talented receivers and backs and, and, and be able to hang with them, especially with the running attack both teams have as well. I mean, if you want to load the box to stop the run, you're going to leave one-on-one matchups with, like I said, these really talented kids on the outside. And if you want to play cover two, you're just going to get beat up with running the football because both teams are very balanced at the end of the day with what they're able to do. So I think it's, I think it's going to be one of those two guys that they stay healthy. I think Justin Herbert in Oregon is going to have a big challenge this first week. You know, if, yeah. if they're able to go in there and win week one versus Oregon, then that I think that really puts them on the map. But I think if they lose that first game, of the season and he is a so-so game which he could versus a very good football team i think that pretty much eliminates him early on in the heisman race jonathan taylor um i mean it depends on how good that team's going to be this year wisconsin we know what he can do big runner big physical running back uh plus he's going to be in the conversation but it's a quarterback award, and 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 at the end of the day, it's also an award to teams that are winning, that are in the college football playoffs, that's yep. fighting and vying for national championship. And and we know Alabama and Clemson are going to be right in there again this year. It's tough to go against what you think and what I would assume most people think Clemson and Trevor Lawrence are going to accomplish this year. Just reading the Phil Steele preview, he has Clemson as his number one offense heading into 2019, predicted at almost 48 points per that's game stupid. they're not going to well, the ACC so it, bad exactly. that's the thing too I mean it's it, I don't know if they're going to get challenged at no. the end of the day I mean you, you look at this guy I mean maybe when A&M rolls in the town but A&M's a rebuilding year defensively too right now so they, they're, they're, they're too good and they're in a, you know like we talked about the fourth conference in all of college football that's not very good no. you're already better than everyone else uh, and you got just studs all around you. So I, I, that's why you would think one, they have an easy path to get to 12 and 0 and 13 0 when they win their conference. And, and then that's right before the, the voting for the Heisman trophy. So you have to put him just at the front, just based on who they're playing. Then you look at Alabama, they're going to have a little bit more of a competitive schedule, even though they will be favored in all their games as well. It just won't be as big of a favorite as Clemson will be in the, in the ACC. All right, here's Phil Steele's preseason top 10. I'm going to give it to you, and then we'll head straight into predictions and wrap up this first episode of the third season of Punt and Pass. Phil Steele's preseason top 10 is number one, Alabama, number two, Clemson, number three, Michigan, number four, Georgia, five is Oklahoma, six, Ohio State, seven, LSU, eight, Utah, which I think is a surprise, nine, good, good Notre Dame, right there, Utah. Good defense and line. ten, Florida. So that's one, two, three, four SEC teams in the top ten preseason poll for Phil Steele. And here is his prediction for the college football playoff, Aaron. I'm going to give it to you, and then maybe you and I can kind of say what we think about it. In the Peach Bowl, which is going to be obviously territorial now with the playoff structure, he's got number one Clemson playing number four, Georgia. And in the Fiesta Bowl, he's got number two, Alabama, taking on number three, Michigan. Now, I don't see how Georgia can get in as number four if they don't win the SEC. I know Alabama was able to do it, but I do not think Georgia will be able to do it. Michigan getting in obviously signifies that they win the Big Ten, Clemson, Alabama Conference Championships. If they both head to the national championship again, it'll be their fifth matchup. It'll be the tiebreaker. I don't know if people are sick of it, but if it's a good football game, I'm sure people will enjoy it. Alabama versus Clemson, possibly again in the national championship. 
I think it'll be fine if those two are in it just because there's so much star power and people want to see those two quarterbacks kind of duke it out. So I agree, though. I think I I just think you need to win your conference to get in. I think it's going to get harder and harder for two teams in the same conference unless you are Alabama to possibly do it. So. Or Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sensitive subject for Drew. Uh, going back to the rankings, though, it, it's interesting to see. Uh, my biggest question this year is can Florida repeat what they did last year? I mean, can they be as electric offensively, especially with you – know, Electric? Out- Felipe Franks? Dude, he was, they were rolling a little bit towards the end of last year. I know Michigan, too, didn't have all their guys in the bowl game, but – they were moving the ball offensively in year two with Dan Mullen and what he can do. Uh, you got to feel pretty good about that team. If, if they just, the question mark's going to be the offensive line. I mean, yeah, they got running time. backs. They got a lot of receivers. I mean, there's a lot of receivers in this whole dang league, honestly, but Florida has a lot of talented receivers. I, I, I hate it because I, I, get, I worry about Felipe Franks because yeah. you just don't know when he's going to have those moments of what the hell are you doing? What are you thinking? But I just the, talking with him this week, you just feel like he's a lot more confident. And I think he's been able to block out the noise. I think that's the number one thing Dan Mullen has been saying is stop listening to everyone on Twitter. Stop reading yeah. the paper. Stop reading the clips. The only person you should really care about who whose opinion you should care about is mine. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm happy with you and I trust you, that's all that matters. Stop reading all this other BS out there. And, and I think he has. And I think that's why you're seeing a confident quarterback towards the end of the last season in the spring right now in summertime. And I think he can take a big jump forward because it, it is, it is a very QB friendly offense. So uh, if Todd Grantham can get that defense role and if our boy C Rob can continue to get that defense role on, I think that's a team in the East too, that can make even more noise this year. It's just, it's tough to take a big jump forward when year one, you're already at 10 wins. So that's, that's going to be the question mark. Can they duplicate that? and maybe even take a, a little baby step forward, that's going to be tough. In your gut, though, and as a quarterback, you know, you mentioned your hesitancy around Felipe Franks and those questions of what the hell is he doing. With a poor offensive line, those instances are going to happen more often than they don't. How do you think Florida can overcome not having a great offensive line? Because even when they were electric as Dan Mullen's offensive coordinator days, Urban Meyer, they had such elite talent on the perimeter they would just get the ball outside the hash marks well, to try to hit it vertically it's it's quick hitters and, and a lot of a lot of time with these rpo offenses anyways the ball's out of the quarterback's hands in a split second so you really don't give and, and that's a big debate cole and i've been having all week and i wouldn't even say debate i think we both agree that i think defensively it's more important to have good dbs nowadays than a, a great defensive line with, with all this rpo and bubbles and quick slants and screens and all this stuff going on if if you don't have guys that can match up on the outside, the ball's just getting out of the hands of these QBs way too fast. I mean, it's two or three seconds, and I don't care if you have a, a premier defensive end against a so-so offensive tackle or guard. You just can't get to the QB fast enough before the ball's out of the hand. So you really need uh, two good DBs, a good safety that can come down and cover the slot, an athletic linebacker that can cover a guy one-on-one in the slot to be able to match up. So I think that's how Florida can – can kind of overcome their issues at the offensive line is one, have a quarterback who's more experienced in the offense. It's year two. He should be. And, and him understanding where the ball needs to go and get the ball out of his hands with great anticipation and in great timing. All right. I hear you loud and clear. It should be an interesting game in Jacksonville this year, especially how both teams navigate that first half of the schedule could be for the sec East title between Georgia and Florida. Speaking of the title, 
What's your prediction? I'll let you go after this. I know you got a busy day in Hoover. Who is your matchup in the SEC championship? And if you have one surprise team, East or West, tell me who it is. I feel like it's going to be pretty stock on who everybody picks to be in the SEC championship game. But when you're right, you're right. Yeah, it's 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 just what they've done recruiting and obviously what they've done on the field the past couple of days. You got to you got to feel good with Alabama and you got to feel good with Georgia right now. Um, they're just Georgia, the big question marks receiver. They've recruited well. They have some talent. That just it's you you have to trust Jake Fromm and his work ethic that yeah. he's going to get those guys where they need to be um, based on the work they did in spring and the work they're doing now in summer with the one on ones routes on air that you just know Jake Fromm is a grinder and he's a perfectionist and he's going to have those guys right because everyone else on that team is, is is, the position groups are set. They feel good about them. Maybe the defensive line needs to continue to build and grow, but you have to feel good as a complete team that Georgia's farther along than anyone else in the East. So I got Georgia and Alabama as of right now, if they stay healthy, Uh, Florida will push them. And I think Missouri, I think Missouri's kind of my team this year that with Kelly Bryant, because he is, he is a proven winner. I know it's in the ACC, may not be in the SEC, but their schedule's not very tough. You have a quarterback who's mobile that can make plays with his arm and his leg. Uh, can he take that next step and be a more accurate quarterback? See, uh, with Dooley back there at the, at the, as the OC, if, if he can really step up. Because you saw Drew Locke last year step up with his accuracy, get up to 63%. Completion. So if Kelly Bryant can do that, Missouri could be pretty dangerous in the East. All right. I have to agree with you on the title game. I just don't see a way. There's going to have to be a lot of injuries or a crazy upset to cause Alabama not to represent the West. I would think Georgia has separated themselves in the East as well. We will continue to break this down all through the month of August as we get ready for the 2019 season to kick off. My surprise team, though, for 2019 in the SEC is going to be Tennessee. I think Tennessee could make a nice leap forward. I think they could beat Florida earlier in the season. I'll just say this as as something fun. I think one of the teams that takes the biggest steps back is going to be Kentucky. Okay, oh, I think everyone Benny agrees Snow with that. There's no Josh way Allen. I mean, it's two games. of their best players ever in program history. They have too much to replace. It could be a long season up in Lexington. But look for Tennessee to kind of flash. Second year under Jeremy Pruitt. If Garantano keeps his head on his shoulders, they could do okay. And look. Maybe upset Florida, play Georgia tough, get their ass kicked by Alabama. That's probably how the season's going to go for yeah, Tennessee. But if Tennessee. If Tennessee can win seven, eight games yeah, and huge. make a bowl, well, that's that's a that's a a good step forward because we know that they're just lacking depth right now. They got to continue to build that roster through recruiting, and and he's doing a good job so far. Absolutely. Well, hey man, I know you got a super busy week ahead you got today's wednesday you got thursday at hoover sec media days thanks everybody for joining and listening to the season three premiere of punt and pass follow us on twitter and instagram we're at punt and pass on twitter and instagram we're available anywhere podcasts are available aaron is at aaron murray 11 on twitter and instagram and i am at drew butler 13 so keep it locked in on social media we'll let you know when we're coming out with new episodes we'll probably do an episode a week through the month of august aaron and then when the season starts up you know where to go for all of your college football needs every monday every thursday the punt and pass podcast with me drew butler and my main man Aaron Murray. So, Murray, I appreciate you, man. I'm so happy football is almost here. Anything on the way out? No, it's going to be a fun last couple of days here in, uh, in in Hoover. It'll be nice to get it back in Atlanta next year, so I don't have to be stuck in a hotel room for 
you know, six, seven hours a day, I can be in my house Correct. chilling, doing some studying, hanging out with you maybe. Yeah, I need on to the beat golf you course. on the golf course again. That's exactly what we need to do. Well, you're a new member somewhere, so I'm still that, waiting that for my invite to go out there and play. So yes, sir. It's, it's on you, buddy. Okay, I like that. So, uh, yep, I'm so happy that we are underway. Appreciate you, Marie. And thanks to our big-time guest, President Trump, a.k.a. at Rob J. Trump on Instagram. He is the best. So we'll see you in a couple weeks. Keep it locked in at Punt and Pass. See you.